All right, hello and welcome to the first episode of the Lunch Table Sports Podcast. I am the host, Josh, and um, I've never done podcasting before, but I thought it would be really cool to give it a try. I have always liked radio shows. I love watching shows like First Take on ESPN2, listening to it in the car, um, that kind of thing. And I always thought it would be really fun to just give my perspective on sporting events, the state of sports, specifically basketball, um, the NBA, college basketball, college football, the NFL, um, tennis, the Olympics, just all that good stuff that everybody really, really loves. And um, just the news of the day, the uh, everything that's going on, I think it would be really fun. So I'm going to have a short episode today it is the first episode and i'm just trying things out right now and hopefully whoever's listening i think this is pretty cool but um i'm just gonna have some fun with it and we'll see where it goes from there so first of all i have to explain the lunch table sports podcast what that is so i was thinking of a name what am i going to call this thing what am what are people going to know it by? What am I going to know it by? And um, I settled on the name The Lunch Table Sports Podcast because the idea that I have for it is um, you think back in high school or back in college or back in middle school even, just wherever you were as a kid, I was, this is at least talking about me, I, I always found it to be a really, really fun thing to discuss sports with my buddies uh, sitting there at the lunch table every day at school and not all my friends always were into sports but those those that were I always found it really fun to discuss stuff with them um, even debate with them at times if it got to that um, if we disagreed about things but it was always one of the most fun times to me about sports was just talking with my buddies at the lunch table and that's kind of what I want this to be is just a discussion between myself and my thoughts really and um, sometimes I'll have guests on here and I will discuss things with them and it'll sort of be that lunch table scenario that I was describing so um, first of all I wanted to talk about a few things like I said it's not going to be long there's not going to be much to talk about today since i'm just starting out but first thing i want to discuss is jabari parker um has written an article on the players tribune which i found really really fascinating really encouraging and um if you don't know the players tribune is the news source that is written by the players, not by the media. It is produced by athletes themselves and is a really, really cool thing, I think, because um, we get to see their perspective from their perspective, not through, uh, not a secondhand perspective. So it's really cool. And um, Jabari Parker, as you know, the basketball player for the Milwaukee Bucks, he is from Chicago and he wrote an article on the Chicago. Um, gun violence situation that is going on right now and I really really like his perspective on things Um, he does not 
talk about how he, he's not into blaming anybody for what is going on. He, um, a lot of people do sort of take sides with, um, with that kind of thing, but his perspective is, is different. He's from Chicago. He knows what it was like to grow up in very rough um, neighborhoods, very rough situations, um, drive-by shootings, robberies, um, gang wars, all that stuff. And his solution, at least in his mind, is there needs to be more education, more giving back. Um, he talks about how a lot of the people that are in inner city Chicago, at least a lot of the kids like his age, he says they, including him, including himself, they didn't really know that they could actually break out of that life, break out of Chicago. And um, he, he found it to be very, very, very fascinating in school when that moment when he figured out he could go on and do something else. And that really inspired him to go chase his dreams. That inspired him to go to Duke and be um, the great basketball player that we know he is and will be. Right now he's just starting out in his NBA career, but we know he's probably going to be a very good player because of what he's shown so far, what he showed at Duke. And it was really, really amazing, his perspective, talking about how he wants to go back and help Chicago. He wants to go and show kids like himself that their lives matter, that everybody matters, and that you don't have to be stuck in that kind of life um, your whole life. You can break out of you can break out of that. You can do what you really want to do. You can be excited about what you want to do, and it's up to you what you want to do. And that is a really positive message that I think needs to be shared more throughout there. And another thing that he really, really stressed, and I enjoyed reading it, being a college student myself, um, he said that even though he's in the NBA right now, and he only spent one year at Duke, what was really difficult for him, unlike a lot of one-and-done players, at least that's the perception, was that he was not there just to go and play basketball. He loved going to school. He loved going to college. He loved learning. And he promised his parents and he promised himself and his family that after his MBA career, or maybe even during, he's going to find a way to finish his degree. And that's what he really wants to do after he's done playing basketball is finish his education, and excel with that. And that is really, really cool. He says um, in the article, he says, education is what's going to give these kids a future. And that and that's really true. He, he wants to help these kids know that they can be something more, that they can make an impact, and hopefully they will do what he plans to do and what he talks about his dad doing in the article. Going back to the neighborhood that they grew up in, going back to the city they grew up in, and trying to impact lives with the platform that they have. And that was really just a really cool story, and I just wanted to talk about it. So that that was really, really good. Also, I want to talk about a little bit about the state of the Olympics. So far, the United States 
with that whopping total of 77 medals. That is incredible. I Wow, that is incredible. Second place right now is China with 47 medals, and third place is Great Britain with 41. Just how incredible is that, that the U.S. is actually up in total medals by 30 to second place. That is amazing. But mainly, what I want to talk about here, you, we all know there's there there's four main things to talk about with with the Olympics right now. You could you could argue that that there's more, but at least for me, the four main things that are fascinating to me is U.S. basketball. Olympic basketball is always fascinating. Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, and just the whole women's team for swimming uh, in general, especially uh, swimmers like Katie Ledecky. And first, I'm, I'm going to start with the U.S. basketball. I've always already been on a little bit of a basketball theme, and that would be easy to talk about. But, wow, what is wrong with U.S. basketball? They easily have the most talented team. They easily have the most depth. They easily have at least the most talented defense, the most talented offense, the most talented shooters. And, and granted, they are still winning. And I love my U.S. basketball. But what is with these close games. They cannot keep having close scares to teams that they're more talented than. And I give all the credit in the world to teams like Serbia and Australia and um, and they are really pushing the US. Uh, Brazil I think it was in there too. Um, they're really really pushing the US and making them struggle for every single thing that they are getting they're they're making them earn these wins these are not easy wins like like everybody thought that they would be and going up against china it really seemed like every game would be that way but now now we see that's just a talent depth uh, ta talent disparity rather uh, between um, the united states and china or rather china and everybody else overall um, but wow, the U.S. has got to step up their defense. They, um, they are allowing too many easy scores for these teams and furthermore, definitely need to step up um, being used to international basketball. There was talk obviously with Paul George um, saying that the Australian team played dirty and they were just gonna have to go through it, and I don't know, maybe, maybe the U.S. team, at, at least at the time, thought that they weren't getting the calls they were because they were the U.S. team, and everybody else was taking advantage of that. But even Coach K, Coach Shevsky, he said that's not the way it is. He said international basketball is just called a different way, and we're not used to it and we're gonna have to get used to it and I really do think that's what it is um, you saw Australia and all these other teams all these other teams that are making it really close against the US they're making it close because they're playing physical fast and smart basketball 
And the U.S. can play fast. They always play fast. That's not a problem. They play smart for the most part, although at times, because of their talent level, they can get a little bit lackadaisical, turn the ball over, take bad shots, make stupid passes. It happens. But they are most definitely capable of playing smart basketball. But it is really that physicality level that the U.S. doesn't always bring, even though we know they can. See, I think personally what it is, is in the NBA game, it's so much easier for players, especially stars, to draw fouls and get to the line. They don't have to do as much, let's say, um, forcing your way into score as you do getting your way to the line or making people get out of your way because they're afraid they'll send you to the line. It's it's one big um, chess match between the offense and the defense um, in the NBA. But over here, international basketball, the refs are not going to call everything that gets you a foul in the NBA as a foul in international basketball. That's just not the way they call it. And the U.S. team really needs to get used to that, used to, needs to stop playing the way that they play in the NBA, trying to get these foul calls, trying to play at least with the refs perspective of the NBA in their minds they need to play knowing that the other team is going to get away with more so they need to really force it but also they can get away with more and they could definitely play this brand of physical basketball just like everybody else is playing and uh, uh, some of the players that are actually having trouble with this surprisingly is um, players like DeMarcus Cousins he's just getting fouls everywhere at times, um, he's just lackadaisical on defense. But if he can adjust to that, if he can adjust to the physicality level, if he can adjust to where he needs to be on defense, even to just be a straight rim protector, he's one of the most talented, if not currently the most talented big man in the world. And uh, certainly, certainly top three. And if he especially he can uh, turn it up. I really think that they have a shot to do great things. And honestly, with the talent level, even if he doesn't turn it up, they're probably going to win gold anyway. But they really, really need to work on uh, consistency at this point. Um, Carmelo Anthony has definitely been um, their best player overall. He's been their best, uh, most consistent scorer, but um, obviously have to consider guys like uh, Kevin Durant and uh, and Kyrie and uh, DeAndre Jordan and they've all done really really well they have um, scored well they have for the most part defended okay but as a team there's got to be that communication level there's got to be that adjustment to the physicality level um, there's just a lot of things to work on but hopefully even if they don't end up working all that out hopefully at the end of the day um, the talent wins out. But next, I'm going to talk about um, Usain Bolt. What a crazy sprinter Usain Bolt is. He is so fast. Um, I 
recently just took a trip to Jamaica, went for a missions trip, and everywhere you go, everything is is this bolt. It's this bolt. It's that bolt. It's just bolt is everything out there. We saw his uh, his restaurant out there, sort of like a Buffalo Wild Wings in in Kingston, and that was pretty cool. But um, just bolt is everything down there, and they really love this guy. And you watch this guy race, and you understand why he's got so much uh, personality. Uh, the the guy the guy's just a legend. He in his in his um, 100 meter races, each time he went up for a new 100 meter race, whether it was the next round, semifinal, final, he actually did it faster each time. And that is crazy. This guy is only getting faster every race he's going. Um, I I gotta say he's definitely um, one of the top three athletes in the world right now. And as an Olympian, definitely um, top five or at very very least top ten Olympian of all time. But I would definitely say top five myself. Um, absolute legend of a guy he is ridiculous he he said in, in in an interview a few days ago that nobody could catch him and you know i think he's right about that no one is going to catch him no one's caught him yet and uh it, it's just going to be really crazy i don't know um that if this will be his last olympics and i don't know how many golds he's going to win in this one he's already won um, gold already, but if this is his last Olympics, definitely um, a good time to appreciate just how good he is, and really awesome um, to see him still competing at this ridiculous level um, after after this time. So very very impressed with Usain Bolt. Um, the guy is just. He's just so fast. There's, I mean, that's the understatement of the year right there. The guy, the guy can do it all. But um, yeah, he he's gonna be one of the best Olympians of all time. He already is in my book, and I know a lot of people as well. And we'll see how many goals he ends up racking up by the time he's done. All right, two last quick talking points. Um, First, I'm going to go with the. Um, no, first, I'm going to go with Michael Phelps. I got to talk about Michael Phelps. I'm talking about some of the greatest Olympians of all time right now. And Michael Phelps definitely has to be in the top three for me and for most people that I've talked to. Michael Phelps is their number one Olympian of all time. The guy has competed in just years of. Olympics, he he can do it all. He is one of those guys, um, just like Usain Bolt. You're not gonna catch him. This Olympics, he won five golds and had a three-way tie for one silver in the men's 100-meter butterfly. And uh, just for anybody to do this, five gold medals, one silver, so six total medals in one Olympics, that would be just a lifetime achievement 
But for Michael Phelps, he's not just any guy. Michael Phelps is a legend. Like I said, in my opinion, the greatest Olympian of all time. At 31 years old, he's winning six medals in the same Olympics. That is crazy. Um, he's won 28 total medals out of his um, out of his career, and that is out of 30 races, I believe. And he's got medals in the high 90 percentile of the races that he's been in. That is just incredible. He is, like I said, easily a top three Olympian of all time. I've got him in my first. He was just an absolute joy to watch. He always brought such passion, such enthusiasm to everything he did. He really loved to compete for his country. And if this is his last Olympics, and I really do believe that it will be, he said that it is. Um, I'd love to see, I'd love to be wrong about that and him come back in Tokyo and race, but I really do think he, he is telling the truth. He won't come back for Tokyo in 2020, unfortunately. Um, I do believe that. And it was just incredible to see a guy like that go out on top. It was amazing. I, I did not watch him in... Um, or rather, I did start watching him in um, in Beijing in 2008... And then, obviously, on through um, London in 2012, and here, um, that um, Beijing was when I started watching uh, Michael Phelps and being aware of who he really was, and it was just awesome being able to watch him throughout those three Olympics and see everything that he's accomplished. And hopefully, maybe next episode, maybe um, in a couple of episodes. Not totally sure about scheduling yet, but. I will be having a debate or, if I don't have a guest, even a discussion about um, who are the top 10, might go down to top 20, top 25, something like that, um, athletes of all time. And you got to know guys like Michael Phelps and guys like um, Usain Bolt will definitely be high up on that list. So um, be in tune for that. Also, last talking point before... I wrap this up, is the U.S. women's swim team, they are going to be good, and I mean really good for a long time. Um, you could see on that, I think it was a 4x100 race where, um, where the women's swim team from the U.S. absolutely dominated, and um, I'll, I'll get info on that in just a second. But um, in the meantime, why not talk about the absolute master of a swimmer that Katie Ledecky is already at 19 years old, is just crushing it. Now, being faster than everybody in the world at swimming, that is already a huge accomplishment. There's a lot of incredible swimmers in the world, but at 19 years old, not even her first Olympics, winning golds here and there, and just being so much faster than everybody that she's lapping them, that is absolutely, 
at least for me, unheard of. I've never seen somebody that good. And I am more than excited to see how good she can be by the time she's done. Um, I'm really, I'm really just amazed by, by watching athletes like that compete at such a high level. I really think at 19 years old, having the accomplishments that she does at this time, she could, if she continues this pace, she could go down as, um, as a top five most dominant athlete of all time, just like Michael Phelps. I think she's got just as much talent uh, as he does, and possibly already more dominant than he was. So, obviously, it'll take some time. It'll take um, it'll take consistency, preparation, and just absolute awesomeness from her to accomplish something like that. But I think the potential is definitely there, and I am just stoked to see what she can accomplish um, in the future. And even what she's accomplishing in the present right now is just unreal. But, alright, here we go. The women's 4x100 medley relay. And, yeah, 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 here we go. With Kathleen Baker, Dana Vollmer, Lily King, and Simone Manuel as that four-person team, the U.S. team was just unstoppable. Now, I only know they—I know they only won by about uh, about two seconds, but two seconds is a lot in swimming. If you win by two seconds, you really got a good lead on people. And I know uh, Dana Vollmer is a bit of a veteran on the US swim team but everybody else is really young and just think what if they what if when Dana Vollmer quits they throw in Katie Ledecky into that spot and you got Simone Manuel, Lily King, Kathleen Baker and then Katie Ledecky there is nobody that's going to be able to touch that US swim team US swim team I think is going to be the most dominant um, swim team in I'll say the next three Olympics, at least. I think their future is that good. I think the people that are coming up, um, even beyond them, people that we don't even know about yet, just from watching players, swimmers, not players, watching swimmers like that and being around them maybe and training, that kind of thing, is just going to make them so much better. And they're just going to keep making this awesome, awesome swim team. And, um, yeah, shout-out to whoever works with them and trains them and coaches them to be as good as they are because they are doing a crazy job and awesome awesome to see just how um, patriotic a lot of these a lot of these athletes are especially that women's swim team they love doing what they do for their country and that is really awesome to see that is what the Olympics is all about and it's just a joy to watch the Olympics. I really love the Olympics. And, um, yeah, next week, hopefully, I will be talking more about the Olympics. Hopefully talking about stuff that the U.S. basketball team has done right this time. Like I said, they haven't lost. So they've done right in the win column. Clay Thompson um, alluded to that in an interview, and he's right. 
but you just gotta have some work on some of these things and uh, hopefully we'll see improvement on that and I would love for the US to take in as many golds as possible this Olympics and that would be sweet so alright thank you I think that wraps it up and uh, I will see you next time